the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. Welcome you to the Monday edition of Lifeline. It happens to be April 26, 2021. Guess what? When I have two hours to talk, two hours to engage in our freedom of speech, freedom of conversation, freedom of dialogue, free exchange of ideas without being canceled, without being uh, punished, without being put in jail. We're not operating out of fear, but operating out of faith. We can talk about pretty much anything that would be... um, uh, worthy of a discourse for uh, hundreds and thousands of people who chime in every Monday uh, to this program. Your host, Jesse Gistan, you know who I am, you know who you are. And the number is one 1888 367 Reach me, 1-888-367-5329. And yeah, let's kind of set a topic depending on which one of you can set the tone. We'll be able to talk about it for the next couple of hours I don't have anything in particular that I want to press into. Uh, In my mind, there are several files open and they are covering a large uh, gamut of issues and uh, not 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 sure I I altogether want to just put them out there and, uh, and discuss them. I am interested in where we are right now in this kind of lull. On the one hand, a kind of lull having uh, now been about a year and a little and a, and a bit more than a couple months into uh, this whole COVID thing, and and uh, we all have our opinions. Everybody has their view. Everybody has their position, um, and uh, and and that's that. And and, and it looks like um, you know the nation as a whole is moving in a direction towards uh, probably probably they pro- is probably going to settle around fifty to sixty percent of a uh, a people that'll just you know go ahead on and get the vaccine. Uh, in spite of all the evidences that are out there about the problematic elements, because you're not hearing much of that in the media, which is an interesting thing to me. I'm curious as to I'd love to know, I guess, if you wanted to, you could call me if you didn't feel intimidated or uh, concerned about some kind of pushback. I'm not going to do that. If you want to call and tell me what you think are the real benefits of the vaccine that you received, uh, how it will play a role in somehow uh, quelling the virus that uh, is permanently with us in our world. Love to know what your thoughts are. If, if you took it now, if you didn't take it, you probably are in a much more defensive mode. And therefore, um, uh, you, you, you have a, uh, uh, 
you have a, a concept and maybe you also have, uh, you, you know, information uh, by which you can you can argue as to whether or not uh, anyone should be allowing this 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 experimentation to be taking place in their life, uh, especially when the government has it under emergency use authority and therefore has not yet officially affirmed and approved it as a vaccine, even though it's being called that it cannot officially be called that because if it did guess what? You would be able to sue them for any kind of harm that that vaccine would impose uh, impose upon you. And so, yeah, you know, lots of people's out, you know, I got the jab, I got the shot, I did one, I did two, and nothing uh, nothing much more is said, said about it, really. Um, they go on about their lives, and I kind of wonder, okay, so you got the jab, what? Do you do you think that somehow you are permanently shielded from getting COVID-19, uh, that you are permanently shielded from uh, potentially dispensing it to somebody else? I kind of wonder sometimes, you know, whether or not they were told that at the facility where they got the shot or by their doctor or by someone else, because if that's true, that would have been patently false. Uh, even the CDC would let you know that this particular uh, uh, injection is really just prophylactic. It's really designed to uh, boost your immune system so that in the event that you get the virus, that uh, hopefully you will be f- able to fight it off better, uh, minimizing your symptoms. I see an allegation of it. It's never that you wouldn't get it. And it's never that you wouldn't communicate it to other people. This is why people are struggling with why, um, you know, the CDC and Fauci would tell you to continue doing everything that you did before you got the shot. Uh, you know, wear a mask and social distance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, you know, we I know what people are thinking along those lines. How long will this go on? Theoretically, ladies and gentlemen, this could be a permanent part of your life. This ugly thing of social distancing, six feet, eight feet, or wearing masks. You know, you, we, we talked about this a bit last week. Everybody knows that they are playing a kind of hypocritical role with uh, the virtue signaling of the mask. You know that. I told you this a couple, uh, maybe about a month ago. My my doctor literally told me, "Man, I, I'm I'm not down with this." They they know that the masks do not have the capacity to stop those microorganisms called uh, those microbials called um, uh, uh, you know the the SARS virus too. They know that. They know that it's kind of like some of the doctors have stated is like taking sand and trying to throw it up against a you know uh, an iron uh, fence and expecting the fence to keep the sand particles from going through the fence. Now you know the sand particle is fundamentally going to go through with almost little or no resistance. So, you know, I think I think I think we we really the media really owes the American people uh, an apology uh, and really legitimate science and debate and discussion and public open uh, ideas around the reality of the science uh, of the mass. Masks do help in a lot of different ways. There's no doubt about that. You know, spit particles and things of that nature on your part going out of your mouth. But ladies and gentlemen, spit particles and all that kind of stuff, those particles are way larger than the uh, virus particles. You can see the spit particles. You can't see the virus particles. And, uh, 
you know, and the reason why Fauci and them are saying keep the mask on because they are they are fearing what really is is starting to be significant evidence in the UK and in Africa and different parts of the world, and that is the the variants that are showing up in our in our um, in our different states. Um, I think it was um, Israel made this observation. New research out of Tel Aviv University found that the South African variant as they are calling it, is primarily showing up in people who have already been injected with the messenger RNA gene therapy from Pfizer and Biotech. The study, which has not yet been peer-reviewed, indicates that the B1351 variant of Chinese germ is eight times more prevalent in people who were injected. 5.4% compared to 0.7% versus people who are just saying no to the jab. In other words, if you haven't had the jab, um, the uh, the likelihood of you getting this variant is uh, is less than for people who have gotten the uh, the the injection who have gotten um, the vaccine at least over in Israel. They go on to say we found a disproportionately higher rate of South African variant among people vaccinated with the second dose compared to the unvaccinated group. Said Adi Stern from the school. This means that the South African variable our variant is able to some extent. Break through the vaccine's protection. Now, this is what uh, this is what uh, his name is. Girivand Bosch has warned about about a month and a half ago. He warned about the vaccines not being able to deal with the mutation and variations, and they wanted to shut him down. And in fact, Google shut him down and 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 stopped his argument. And yet, his argument is prevailing now as a significant concern. That, you know, at some point the variant would be so different than the original that it was basically no good for people to get the shot. The study looked at 400 people who have received at least one shot of the Pfizer biotech injection and who had also contracted a, a, a Kung flu variant. This group was then compared to the same number of people who had become infected, but were not injected with any chemicals uh, from the Chinese germ. It is the first in the world to be based on real world data showing that the vaccine is less effective against the South African variant compared to both the original virus and British variant. State Professor Rand Balancer, director of research at Clalit Health Services which also contributed to the study. So that's that's interesting. Uh, this is not new to me, of course, because I'm keeping up with the whole development of, of how viruses work. And I'm keeping up with the argument of virologists and keeping up with the argument of biologists and keeping up with the argument of doctors who have been warning about the way to, to go for our society to actually create herd immunity in order to quell the uh, advancement of the virus in any kind of substantially damaging way that could actually reproduce another pandemic was really to just let it be worked out among healthy people, which is the way you always do it, and only target extremely sick people to help them with trying to um, build their immune system or protect them from COVID by keeping them inside and away from people. But um, we chose to go the synthetic route we chose to go this new technology route and not the route of of, uh, of nature. Uh, and one of the arguments that's being posed, and I'm, I'm arguing it, and I'm not even a doctor on any level. I'm arguing that as amazing as the new technology is that's taking place in terms of gene therapy and uh, vaccines and stuff like that, a lot of them, a lot of really interesting ideas, interesting concepts. 
They are all theoretical. They are all uh, unprovable at this present time. They just they have all kinds of uh, potential upside. But the problem is what they really are doing. If you educate yourself is moving into the RNA and elements of our DNA into our cell structure and communicating into our cell structure instructions and data about things that really are creating a very dangerous future for us as human beings who are, you know, largely slated by this present agenda to be uh, under the governance of a World Health Organization organizational agenda in perpetuity, in perpetuity. And, and what, what's the significance of that? Well, you know, a lot of a lot of things. So I don't think we're going right back to the way we always have been unless, of course, enough people go ahead on and and do what they're doing in Washington. They're doing it. They're doing it at state capitals across the nation. They're doing a great job. You're not hearing about it in the media, but they're telling their congressmen and senators and governors, et cetera, that there is a better way to deal with this. And we really should be dealing with it now before it's too late. Otherwise, our phone lines are open. one 367 let us Let's just have a dialogue and talk for the next hour and 20 minutes and see what we can come up with together on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Going to take a break, pay some bills. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back again. The time 522 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. The lines are open. one 367 for your questions or your comments or observations or a dialogue. Um, again, one 888 367-5329. We're dealing with eschatology in our church. We are actually going through the book of the Revelation. You probably are hearing that on the uh, weekday noon studies. I'm not sure. I haven't been listening for quite a while. I think we're in the book of Revelation in that series, but we have now bumped up against the end of chapter 19, which has been a beautiful uh, display of uh, the uh, power of Jesus Christ under the symbolism of him who rides upon a white horse. And uh, there are a number of composite images that describe him as this uh, masterful monarch that uh, that overwhelmingly subdues all adversaries and brings them to subjection. And in fact, um, completely annihilates their resistance to him. And it's all under the hyper symbolism of what is called apocalyptic genre. That's the nature of the book of the Revelation. And when I teach the book of the Revelation to people, I tell people to be very careful not to fall prey to an over literalization of the text, an over literal interpretation of the book, or else you're just going to run into all kinds of problematic interpretations But chapter 19 is forcing us to begin to consider the nature of uh, millennial theology, millennial theology, which if you have ever been part of a church that teaches a kind of systematic theology around the Bible from creation to the fall to redemption, sanctification, and then uh, evangelism in terms of the ministry of the church, and then ultimately eschatology relative to those things that are said to transpire shortly before Christ returns again, and then what is called the final and eternal state. Uh, that, That scope of theology has within its 
parameters the notion of a millennial reign of Christ or a millennial period. And the idea of millennium means a thousand years, and you probably heard it before, but uh, it's found very clearly in Revelation chapter uh, 20, uh, some three, four times. And that term millennium is a Latin term that literally means a thousand years. It's the Greek term kilios. And, uh, and there are three fundamental views held out around the millennium, millennium or millennial theology. And, and it's worthy of conversation if you think about it, because here we are again at a period of time that's fairly difficult for the world and precariously for Christians, because as Dr. Albert Moeller uh, is, uh, is quick to let us know, he's very quick to let us know that the policies occurring in Washington and the legislation that's coming up out of our capitals and the, uh, the, the, the new world views that are coming out in terms of social justice and diversity, inclusion, equity uh, as modes of governance and as philosophical um, ideas and as to be, if you will, intrinsically held value systems by which we interact with each other imposed upon us by governmental powers. Diversity, inclusion, and equity imposed upon us by governmental powers covering the whole spectrum of our life, not just educational, not just uh, philosophical, not just uh, sociological, not just economic, but across the spectrum, even in the world of health. Um, And a lot of philosophers, a lot of men and women who are uh, aware of the the past historical errors that mankind has made in, in an attempt to create a utopian society are aware that we are moving in a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous course where by these ideas, which have been proven in many ways in times past to be extremely harmful to our freedoms to our liberties, to our right to um, to exercise autonomy, sovereign autonomy, individual autonomy being equal to the whole, uh, as opposed to communism and socialism that says if you're not part of what the whole agenda is doing, you are irrelevant and worthy of dismissal from the community. Um, and that attitude you are seeing taking place, uh, and it has been a major battle for the last couple of years uh, in the storm of the social justice movement, along with even this COVID thing, um, it all spearheaded at destroying Donald Trump and, and uh, utterly uh, mitigating any lasting and lengthy impact he might have from a, a more uh, America first agenda uh, 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 theory or an America first agenda policy as he was uh, demonstrating around the world by not succumbing to the global agenda. As many of you guys know, the United Nations World Health Organization uh, and and uh, and the G20, more, probably more now like the G25, the, the larger, more prominent nations coming together, trying to figure out how to manage and govern our society. Uh, Donald Trump probably saw some of the crazy, wacky ideas that have been dug up, the bones of which have their roots again in Maoism and in, uh, in Marxism and uh, Stalinism and uh uh, you know, uh, just a lot of the uh, failures that have gone on for the last couple of hundred years. And now they're repackaged and uh, and masterfully disseminated among the body politic of Americans and has created a kind of divide. 
And, uh, you know, the momentum now is on the part of the left with regards to their uh, virtue signaling and and, uh, you know, telling everybody to get on board with the S, you know, uh, you know, SJW, social justice warriors, and then also get on board with uh, diversity, inclusion, equity system and then get on board with COVID and get on board with the vaccines and get on board with what's going to come next, which is probably going to be a big uh, narrative around uh global warming and the end of our world if we don't, you know, make some radical changes right now to comply with a communal mode of existence. Now, we talked about this about a half, half, more than a half a decade ago, about a decade ago when we talked about Goals 2000, Agenda 21, and many of those policies are emerging now. How be it with a number of hiccups that have made a have made uh, made this whole thing kind of interesting. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm looking at the hiccups and I'm going, fascinating. What do I mean by that? Um, we do not know exactly and concretely, and at least not yet, um, how this virus leaked out into our world. That official uh, uh, information will come out certainly either uh, uh, implicating the Chinese over there in Wuhan or, uh, you know, uh, again, relegating itself to a mystery of some kind of transmission into the food supply in China and then made its way into our world uh, surreptitiously. But but in reality, it being here now, it really opened up the door for what was already in play when it comes to universal vaccination. So here we are. We have a, a very convenient plague that has hit our world. And you've got Fauci and others who have already been working on vaccines. This here is just a gold mine for them. If one wanted to be honest about it and do the thread, you can do the research you find out for yourself. But it's not just about money, as some of my friends might argue, man, it's always about money, always. Nope, it's more than that. It's about control. And it's more than that. It's about shaping how you think. And it's more than that. It really is about eradicating the inherently necessary and naturally and biologically driven uh, conflicts that really are the foundation for freedom and excellence. What do we mean by that? You will never have a world of true excellence where there isn't an opportunity to debate and discuss and really work through different policies, different ideas, different views, different concepts. This is what made uh, China, not China, but rather uh, um, uh, Russia and uh, and uh, Stalin uh, and uh, Lenin and and uh, and, and Marxist agenda uh, all throughout uh, the last century, 20th century, uh, proved itself to be uh, a failure in the countries in which this was done. Mao Zedong, his own his own his own uh, implementation of the utopian idea failed because if you take the policies that are being proffered by people in the in the power brokering community if you take their policies and you can try this yourself if you wanted to when people come to you saying this is what we plan on doing here in our school or in our job and or at our um place of work if you take their policies listen to it and then go back and examine it and and, and identify where the weaknesses are 
and then say, hey, can we talk about this? Can we have a conversation around these policies? Let's 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 discuss different views as to whether or not this is really plausible, if this is really valid, if this will actually work. And you'll discover that they don't want to have that conversation. Why? Because Marx's ideological constructs don't survive scrutiny. They don't survive critical analysis. They don't survive uh, clear scientific arguments against their hypotheses. They don't survive. And so the only way they can implement that agenda is by tyranny or by power or by force of right due to something being so exigentically difficult in our life that is urgently pressing upon us like this um, this, uh, this this SARS virus. Uh, uh, this uh, SARS-2 uh, virus, uh, it becomes an opportunity then to begin to implement a framework by which controls can be now justifiably imposed upon us. But I'm going to be talking to you after the break concerning the, uh, the teachers union down in Cal- uh, Southern California. You know why? They're opposing uh, the mandate to take vaccines. They're opposing it. I say good for them. This is about freedom. Freedom! Let's have a conversation. Don't just tell me I have to do something. So good for them. They're getting it. They recognize you just can't thrive if people are telling you what you have to do. All right. I got to take another break. The number is one 367 If you have a question or a concern, give me a buzz. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we're back, and the time is 5.38 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. As I said before the break, the um, Los Angeles school district basically said we're, we're not, we're not going to just succumb to being told that we must receive the vaccine before we, we can go back to our schools and to teach. And so we, I have here right in front of my, in my hands, in my left hand, a um a, a, a paper filed by the um, plaintiff we call the California Educators for Medical Freedom, and there are a bunch of names under it. And the defendant is the Los Angeles Unified School District um, under Austin Butner. And uh, and here is fundamentally what they are arguing: the plaintiffs are informed and believe, and they're on allege that defendants, the defendants have implemented a policy mandating that all employees of the L.A. uh, Unified School District be vaccinated against the virus known as SARS-CoV-2, which causes the coronavirus disease known as COVID-19. By the use of vaccine materials that have not as yet been finally approved by the relevant uh, federal agencies as a condition of their continuing employment here and after the mandate. Now, here is what they're saying. This is what I was uh, questioning or querying in the opening of our, our, our monologue. Does the average person that's been jabbed realize that this whole thing is still under experimentation and that it is actually not even legitimately to be called a vaccine until it has been approved? And so these teachers are saying, hey, Hey, you can't force this on us, especially since it's merely an emergency use authority and is not legitimately called a vaccine. Number two, none of the currently available vaccines for COVID-19 have received final approval 
from the Food and Drug Administration. Rather, each one of the COVID vaccines is an unapproved product that has been authorized for emergency use under a series of emergency use authorizations. The statute granting the FDA the power to authorize a medical product for emergency use requires that the person being administered the unapproved product be advised of his or her right to refuse administration of the product. And then they give you a number here. For its part, the FDA refers to the COVID vaccine as an investigational product. That is, they remain experimental. In accordance with the governing statute, the FDA requires that patients and caregivers be informed of their right to refuse administration of the product. Now, notice the way it's framed, that people who are in line to get the vaccine should be informed of their rights to refuse the uh, product, refuse the administration of the product. As well, the FDA has held that the terms and conditions of the EUA's preempted state and local laws that would impose obligations that are inconsistent with those terms and conditions. And this is where they move into the argument under point number four reflects a fundamental public policy goal of striking a balance between giving people the option of having access to experimental uh, medication. That, that's, the, that's the tension here. Give them the option to have access to the experimental medication and its products during public emergencies while also assuring that no one is forced to accept administration of such experimental uh, medical products. The mandate effectively usurps that um, public uh, policy objective and stands in violation of clear federal statutory authority guidelines. Did you hear that? The mandate effectively usurps that public policy objective and stands in violation of clear federal statute authority and guideline. Point number five under this particular documentation further recognizes the well-settled doctrine that medical experiments, better known in modern parlance as clinical research, may not be performed on human subjects without the express informed consent of individuals receiving the treatment. The right to avoid the imposition of human experimentation is fundamental. Here's their argument. The right to avoid the imposition of human experimentation is fundamental and has its roots in the Nuremberg Code of 1947 and has been ratified by the 1964 Declaration of Helsinki and further codified in the United States Code of Federal Regulations. The standard is indeed so universally recognized that it constitutes a just cogent norm under international law. Under, uh, under international law, the Nuremberg principles have been adopted by the California, California legislature, and no person subject to this state's jurisdictions may be forced to undergo the administration of experimental medicine without that person's informed consent. The mandate is therefore contrary to the law of this state. Number eight, there is no pandemic exception to the law or the constitution. Plaintiffs ask the court to intervene to protect their rights before it's too late. And based upon you guys, what has been going on across the nation, even the California courts are going to throw down, cast down any kind of subtle coercion, any kind of threat of a loss of job, any kind of threat of a minimizing of pay. All that's going to be completely uh, opposed. And, And this brings me to my point. The reason I'm bringing this up is because 
I don't know what Fauci and them were thinking. I have no idea what Bill Gates and and WHO and and uh, Gabo and, and 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 all of the people that were involved in framing this whole thing as they prepared for it two years ago. I don't know how they thought that free countries with constitutional rights, not only from the average person on the street that does know their constitutional rights and the average responsible citizen of any state or country who does know their constitutional right. But I mean, our well-intended citizens who are educated and are learned all the way up to the medical industry. I don't know how they didn't know that there would be significant numbers of people who would push back against this, demonstrating the folly of trying to force it on human beings. In fact, this is how I'll put it before I go to break, then I'll come back and I'll get your phone calls. I believe they knew that they would get all this pushback. I believe they knew that there would be at least 50 percent of Americans who would not just bend over and take the jab. I believe they knew this. In fact, there's evidence that states it as a fact because they implemented uh, uh, media and social networks to stop the voice of people who are giving reasons for which alternative methods are much more viable and much more safe. And therefore, they're just abiding their time, hoping that they can wear people out and then people just succumb because this is almost appearing to be a norm, like it's going to be uh, fee to complain that there's not going to be any change of the policy, that there won't be a pushback and ultimately an overthrow of this agenda. That's what I believe they believe. But what do you believe? one 367 going to take a break. Then I'll take your phone calls after. I come back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, let's go to our phone lines now and have a conversation for a minute here. Let's go to line number four and talk with Mark and Pacheco. Mark, are you there? Mark and okay, uh, we'll get to Mark here in a second if we can pick him up on line number four. If Mark dropped off on us, then we can uh, pick up on line number two and, and go to BJB in Ronan Park. Um, we might be having a little bit of difficulty on our lines, you guys. Glad to have you back. Oh, by the way, we do have one line open if you want to try to give me a call. one 367 right, good. Uh, line number four, Mark and Pacheco, are you there? Hey, Jesse, I'm here. Can you hear me now? Uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on, man? Yeah, you're asking about a pushback. I feel there's a pushback, but I just feel like we've lost control of the votes. I feel like the elections are no longer fair and honest, so I don't. I feel like they have the power and they can just set their agenda. They have control of the media, and they're censoring everything. And now they want to change the local police. You know, they want to change everything. I just feel. I don't. I feel like we're not empowered very much. The truth's not getting out. It's coming out a little bit in the in the in the alternative media but it doesn't it's not hitting the main media uh and why would we want why would we feel like the only media that we can uh depend upon for a shift for a viable um resistance to occur is the main media main media outlet mark i i think that that would be a trap i'm gonna be honest with you think about this for a moment 
Like you're listening to me uh, and, you know, KFAX is not one of these, you know, universal worldwide, uh, you know, radio ministries by which everybody is listening, particularly to Lifeline, you know, across the nation, across the world. You got a few states that are able to pick up on us. We have podcasts and people can get us online. So there's a handful of people. But here you are. You're tapping in. Uh, and and you're getting a little bit of at least a semblance of sound, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, if you will, commentary and a biblical worldview that satisfies your position. Uh, wouldn't you think, and at least I do, uh, that this is happening across the nation, and like you said, in all of the other minor uh, uh, media outlets and, and Internet and podcasts and, and social venues by which freedom uh, you know, will will almost inevitably always press its way through, even when you have the big orifices, you know, giving a different narrative. You don't think that it's still possible for the uh, the the forty percent of people who are rejecting this to to win the day? Um, I do, but there's so much co- 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 how do you say um, co- co- coercion? You know, the pressure. Uh-huh. I mean, it's my daughter's. Uh-huh. At her work, they're already asking her to take the vaccine. She says she takes a, it's against her religion. Uh-huh. And they, they're really not allowed to ask her what her religion is. But um, right. there's, there is a push. You know, they, there is this, this, I, there are a lot of people who just believe everything. And they, that's like their God is the whole, their, the socialist mindset of government is their God kind of. And they just believe everything. I get that. And I think I get that. I get that. But to me, this is where I got engaged in a in a early on proactive approach to this. Once once COVID hit and I saw the the, uh, conflation between COVID and the whole be a Black Lives Matter movement and the social justice warrior, you know, Trojan horse system being implemented in America. Once I saw all three of them working together to actually shift the conversation, I knew it was time to go proactive. And I'm in the minority too. Very few pastors take a position that I'm taking here publicly and and, and even less African-Americans. So I'm in a minority too, but I don't feel at all in any kind of disadvantaged way. I really don't. I think that for, for, if 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 Christians were clear on our history, we have never been in the majority. And this is the danger of what has been, in my opinion, Mark, in the past, the grounds upon which we have held a kind of superficial assumption that we've got to write a passage because, you know, a kind of quasi majority view in America and in Europe was that, you know, Christian was kind of the underlying accepted tenor. But that has been changing over the last 60 years, as you already know, with secularism, uh, with the New Age movement, uh, and then eventually, you know, where we are today with this silly postmodern notion of fabricating your own reality, which is the most insane system that you could ever implement thinking that somehow it's going to work. But it's all a test, I believe. I think it's a test to see whether or not good people who are called to be vigilant and sober and uh, and valiant for truth would stand up and say, hey, let's have a conversation about that. At some point, that's what's going to occur or else people are just going to continue to be trauma over. And I don't I don't believe I don't believe that that's the nature of um, 
of free people in any part of the world. This is why you've seen pushbacks in China, Tiananmen Square, pushbacks in Russia, bring that wall down. It's because where people got a breath of fresh air to actually stand up and oppose the powers that be. And they saw the powers that be freeze uh, freeze at just the willingness for people to hazard their lives, then they realize, aha, aha, what the enemy loves to do is paint a big lie and hope that you somehow succumb to the lie and not stand up for the truth. And uh, in a minute, you will, I believe that there will be a lot of people waking up to the reality that they have been hoodwinked by a lie and that what they are being promised as freedom is nothing but bondage. Uh, so I want to encourage you to stay optimistic, my friend. Stay optimistic. Be prayerful. Stay optimistic. And may God grant you the grace to believe in uh, in, in this fundamental truth. In the world, you're going to have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. Thank you for the call, my dear brother. Keep listening. Keep listening. Keep listening. Let's go to let's go to line number one and talk with Mark in San Jose. Line number one and Mark in San Jose. Mark, are you there? I am here. And uh, in what sense does he overcome the world? What does he really mean when he says that? All right, so what's your question? My question is, is when Jesus said in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Yeah. Preach to us and expand on that, how Christ has overcome the world. So that we well, absolutely. Absolutely. And we have overcome the world in him. Uh, what Christ did in overcoming the world was to obtain the crown rights for absolute governance over every aspect of the universe as the second Adam. As the last Adam, as the second man from heaven, he is the one mediator between God and man. His name is Christ Jesus, and he stands as the only means by which a fallen humanity can be recovered from its fatal, damnable state of sin and perdition. Jesus offers men and women and calls sinners into a relationship with him by which they can be rescued from the curse of sin, from the bondage to Satan, from the tyranny and uh, and, and damnable power of the law. If they would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, all this was accomplished, Mark, by his death on the cross. This is why he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Now is the judgment of this world. Now is the prince of this world cast out. What does that mean? That means by virtue of Christ's death, the veil was removed veil was removed from off the hearts and minds of men and women so that they were not walking in total darkness from the days of Jesus up to now. Meaning that once the gospel is preached in a community fully and clearly and by the power of the spirit of God, some, not all, in some cases, few, but in other cases, many would hear that gospel and believe that gospel and come into a saving relationship with the father through the son by the power of the spirit and them being new creatures, they would move out uh, in, in transformation and growth and maturity doing the things that we do calling men and women to reevaluate their value system, their lifestyle, their their passions, their loves, their drives, and call them to repentance and faith in Jesus. And because of that, the Savior that you and I follow, he governs the authorities and powers of the worlds 
to make sure that we continue to advance that gospel until the very last of his elect are saved. And then calamity becomes an ultimate criterion for his final uh, parousia, his final coming into the world. But in the meanwhile, the believer has had to fight like hell through every tribulation period, first in AD 70 and then throughout the Flavian uh, uh, reign all the way up into Domitian and then from Domitian all the way up through the early uh, early uh, church uh, patristic fathers, and then all the way up through the Reformation, the body of Christ has always had to actually engage the world, even though it has been hostily engaged in its own agenda. We've been going through this for for two millenniums now, quite frankly, and we overcome as soon as we do not believe the lie. As soon as believers believe in God, believe in the word of God, believe in the Bible, believe in the biblical worldview, hold to what has been a blessing to humanity now, For many, 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 many years, America has been enormously blessed by a biblical worldview, but even their departure from that biblical worldview is all part of the plan for God to be able to prove that he has overcome the world. Why? Because his people will not succumb to the lie. They won't buy into it, even if it means losing their life. I'm going to give you the last word because we're way overdue. Yeah, uh, wouldn't you agree that the number one thing that when you get saved, it's like your eyes are opened and you see that you're you're like living in the city of destruction. I was reading Matthew 11, where the Lord literally said, you know, he re- started rebuking these uh, cities that were just north of Galilee, Chorazin, and Bethsaida, because they heard him preach, they saw the miracles, and they weren't repenting. And he said, look, if I had gone up into Syria and preached to Sire... Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. And yet, he never did. You know, but he knew that they would have. But, but you know, it's just quite, uh, you know, it's heavy to think about. And then he rebuked another city. Uh, I forgot its name, but uh, it said it had been, Capernaum had been exalted to heaven in the sense that, you know, he preached there, too. He saw his miracles. And he said, and they didn't repent. And he said, you know what? Sodom and Gomorrah, that was killed by the direct hand for God, and the direct hand of God for tolerating the LGBT of their day or being in the LGBT of their day, is going to have a more tolerable judgment than you guys are that heard me preach and won't repent. Think about that. Right. That is now, whoever talks like that. Now, for and, I, and you're good. You're right, Mark. You're right. Except that but you got to contextualize. It. Then we got to take a break. Way overdue. Jesus is talking to people who should have known better. That's church folk. The Jews, the Jews, the Jews should have known better. They should have recognized Messiah. They should have believed his word, but they have bought into the lie themselves. Jesus overcoming that by dying on the cross took the power, took the authority, took the dominion, took the crown rights took the seven seals authority over the destiny of this world and are unfolding the seals right now. This is why the nations have heard the gospel and will continue to hear the gospel in spite of all of the evil that's presently going on in our world. This is what he meant when he said, I have overcome the world. Thank you for the call. I'll get you guys when we come back. Where are you overdue? Got to pay some bills. We'll be right back. 